Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. What up, folks? Welcome in. Energy is high here for Hardwood Handicappers. Kelly Bidlin and Jonathan Von Tobel with you as we usually are. And we are on the eve of the NBA postseason. We'll call it the playoffs. This has been the postseason. The playoffs officially beginning round one starting tomorrow. So I'll some final notes on that. Get a little bit more into Boston Atlanta because we didn't get into it in detail last time. I did a little bit more research on that thing. And we also have two playing games tonight. And that's where I wanted to begin Without, um, we do have some breaking news that we can get into later. It's not breaking, but you know, it came out. Uh, it has to do with Julius Randle. Nothing crazy. All right, Kelly. Our Miami Heat, our beloved Miami Heat in action once again, taking on the Chicago Bulls, five and a half point favorites. Uh, Steve, our producer Steven is also on the podcast. I wonder, I think that's an accurate Chicago accent. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, think you, I think you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago. Chicago. Um, so the Bulls, uh, yeah, it's fine. You can do that. Um, right, Steve. <laughs> Steven notes in our chat that nobody can see. It's exactly how I sound. That's exactly how Steven sounds. Um, so we have this Bulls heat matchup. Five and a half totals dip into two eight and a half or so. Um, I, I think that's a play on the over. We can get to that a little bit later. But what are your thoughts here on this play-in game? Are you rolling with me that's essentially sitting back and waiting for six and might even get involved at five and a half? I just I like you tell me, is Miami better? Does Miami power rate better than Chicago by this much? Because I don't think that's the case. Okay, no, but I the only thing that I'm thinking is I, I was expecting the line to still be a little bit more just because I I had the Raptors or I'm sorry I had the Hawks power rate a little bit a little bit higher than I do the Bulls right. and we're seeing the same number that we saw right so I guess I was expecting this to be closer to seven um, and so, yes if that was the case I would have been all in on the Bulls so I think I, I it sounds like me and you were in the same spot either I'm waiting and I'll probably or and I'll pull the trigger on a six or more pregame I think there's one six out there I saw um, yeah. But uh, or I'll or I'll look live. I also have I also have no problems. This is a game JVT. I have no problems going into looking live, and if I don't get a chance, I don't get a chance. Like so, it's I'm not overly excited about betting on the Bulls either. You know, it's more about betting against the Heat, right? And that's correct. that's kind of where I'm with you in that standpoint. But I'm not overly excited about going to make a bet on the Chicago Bulls either. So I want to go to your point about like how you made these numbers. Could it be then, in theory? As we talked about, and it clearly it was proven to be true, that your numbers are right, and I would assume that in reality you made Miami Atlanta more like three and a half, right? Yeah. Yes. So then, so that this five and a half would be more representative. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe I think yeah, it's no, right. that's true. That's the market true. was yes. wrong in setting that number for Atlanta Miami, and that maybe this is a correction of sorts. Yes. Uh, yes. You probably 
just explained my brain better than my brain explained to myself. <laughs> yes, you're, you're, you're right. That makes more sense. Yes, because I thought that line was too big that time, you know, in that, in that play in game. So, yeah, you're right. This is probably where it should be based off of that. And I, and I don't think that Chicago's going to come in and start dominating the glass the way Atlanta did and just completely school them. And I would assume Bam Adebayo has a better game. I thought that was a yeah. really bad game from Bam, like just yeah. super apathetic, not really showing up. Uh, and he does that from time to time. Uh, gets pretty quiet in terms of what he produces on the offensive end. But I, I think Kelly, and it goes back to what we just talked about. Like, first off, the market's just too high on Miami. It just always is. We now have 83 games of sample size to tell us the, that the market just is misreading this Miami team. And when you look at the way that they have now constructed their starting lineups, it's something we talked about, right? There are now more weak links in this starting lineup defensively than there ever have been in the past few seasons since Jimmy Butler's been there. Right now it is Max Struson, Gabe Vincent, and Tyler Hero, not really dynamic and solid on-ball defenders. Maybe Kyle Lowry earned himself a spot in the starting lineup tonight. We'll see if maybe that's yeah. going to be the case. Uh, right? So <laughs> you, you're definitely grasping yeah. at straws there. Right. But I, I think when you have like individual scorers like Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan who can match up with some of these smaller and weaker on-ball defenders, like I, I don't know. Like I'm, I don't know why. I'm struggling to see why I would want to bet Miami at the very least, even if you don't want to bet Chicago. I'm struggling to find why I would want to lay five and a half with Miami. No, I totally. 100% agree. Um, I think that we're going to see probably more zone out of Miami tonight. I, I the one thing, yep. and you you hit on it. I do expect. I do. I do expect. I I have enough respect for Eric Spolstra, Bam Adebayo, and kind of the leadership on that team that you are going to sit back and look at what you did in that last game. And look at how badly you got beaten on the boards. And, and I don't think you can roll into a matchup with Chicago. I was thinking about this earlier today. If I was Chicago, with with, with all the credit that Eric Spolster gets, and, and deservedly so. But if I was Chicago, if I was Chicago, I would be starting. I, I just throw Vooch out there at the four and drum it out there at the five to start the game, just to get Spose and be like, "What are you gonna do? What, what are you gonna do?" Just start you guys demolishing got them on the yeah, glass. You guys got killed on the boards last game. I'm gonna throw this starting five at you. Your turn to adjust, right? Like that. I would do something like that just to get in their heads about it. But you know, there's gonna be an oh, there's gonna be a huge emphasis from the Miami side to to, to hit the boards. Make sure you get those rebounds because if you don't. Just like Atlanta, if you don't against the Chicago team, you're going to lose. They, they cannot have that kind of rebounding disparity once again. So I think if you're looking, like you said, I think Bam Adebayo will have a bigger game. The one other bet that I consider making in this in this game was maybe a Jimmy Butler over rebounds and assists game. Because, uh, look, I think when it comes to scoring for Miami Heat, too, they're limited, right? And I think Chicago will design uh, design to try to take Jimmy Butler out, out of the mm -hmm. picture from that standpoint, too. So I think rebounds, assists, is something we could see uh, for him head over. It was 13 and a half when I looked at it. Um, I haven't gotten there yet. Don't know that I will. But I think that's something to consider because he's one guy that I can see kind of flipping that switch of like, hey, I'm hitting the glass every single time down. Make sure make sure the same crap doesn't happen the last game, did. Dude, I we have to do something, NBA. So I was like looking through trying to find um, like some stats from the play-in game. And it's like just this empty nexus void. Like I oh, it's this find, empty void. It's bizarre I, as hell. Yeah, I, I cannot find. Like you go to players' game logs, and like the game just they're doesn't not exist. There. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I did that earlier. Yeah, they're not there. You have to go to like the individual box score from the game. It's it's right. stupid. The it other is, one I was looking, like I'm looking at the standings right now too. I love, I love how far this like this league is coming with these play in tournaments and stuff. Like the whole like 
X, Ys, and everything like that next to teams once they've clinched something. There are yeah. so many options now of what they could have. Like yeah. the Atlanta Hawks have an XP next to them where it's like they were in Clinch the play-in, but they yeah. clinched in the play-in, and they've clinched a spot already. <laughs> like, nice. is, you're like, who the hell can look at the standings and know what this glossary means? It definitely hurts your uh, your like locker room talk, right? Like, we want that XP next to our name. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Asterisk SP dash. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get this thing locked in. Um, as far as the total is concerned tonight, are you? Woo. do you find yourself gra- – I mean, look, so we uh, – we talked about this for the Toronto Chicago game that that total was bottoming out. And then at some point like that's at two twelve, that's probably worth looking over. You yeah. ended up in that game, according to again, the empty void of stats for NBA play in games, uh, a total of 214 points. So that's initially where the market went after it opened up, but it went over the closing total two Oh eight and a half. Like again, I get it. It is going to be a game seven scenario win or go home. It's going to be slower. It's going to be more half court oriented. Uh, the, both of these offenses really are not great, but I, I like at what point are you looking at this thing over the total? Because all of those things are factored into the number already, but the market's still kind of pushing this thing down. And as I mentioned, I will keep harping on it, Kelly. Since February 13th, this is the 21st ranked defense in Miami because yep. they are playing lesser defenders now. Yeah, it's uh, it's the only way you can look in my in my opinion is the over in this game. Uh, <laughs> I will, I will say that I had a friend who I had a friend who was heavily involved in the over in the uh, in the game we were just talking about the Raptors Bulls game, and I I texted him towards the end of that game. And I'm like, you know what? Wh- however this ends up going over or under, I am so glad I didn't get involved in this total, and I feel the same way about this game. Like yeah. it it is it would be over or pass for me, but man, I don't have the confidence really in either one of these teams that they're going to pour it on offensively here tonight. I mean, you don't even need to pour it on. <laughs> This total. Right, exactly. I mean, all you really need is like, I mean, you get another Kyle Lowry 33 points. You'd be like, how does this not go over? It's going to fly. Yeah, it's going to (laughs) fly over the total. Uh, So, yeah, as you can probably tell from me, at least, very much leaning toward uh, Chicago. If it gets to that six, six and a half range, I'll I'll bite. And um, very much leaning toward over eight, uh, 208 and a half. And I might bite on that as well. That's, That's at least where I'm at. Yeah, no, I I hear you. I'm closer on the side than the total. I, I mean, the other thing we got to talk about too. It's it's only a few points, but you know, you talk about a total. Okay, it's two hundred eight, two hundred nine, two two eight and a half, two hundred nine. Okay, well, those five and a half points in theory mean a whole lot more than they would in you know five and a yep. half with a with a total of two thirty, right? So, I, you know, that's something else you got to keep in mind that I've kind of been trying to remind myself all day as yeah. as I'm probably talking myself closer and closer into making a bet on the Chicago Bulls. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's over pass, uh, over pass for me and it is likely a bulls bet for me either pregame where I'll be looking to get in on them live. Yeah. And we should also note too, on that total as well, as we've talked about before, but this is where it really starts to get in. This is where the free throw game, uh, game might really get you too. outside of DeMar DeRozan's uh, wonderful daughter screaming as loud as she can, as she did during that Toronto matchup. Uh, this is probably going to be one where they're going to foul to the death essentially yep. and that'll yep. get you uh, over the total all right anything on our late game between oklahoma city and minnesota an intriguing matchup there is an injury to note uh not due to suspension but due to the fact that his back spasms uh, continue to bother him the one thing that kyle anderson made fun of him for um rudy gobert it sounds like is a true questionable to play in this game kelly which does change quite a bit if he's not going to be available it changes everything from a total standpoint from a pace standpoint Obviously, from a side perspective, too, we'll see these five and a halves disappear. But right now, five and a half total at 229, just a half point up from the open. And that's over at Circa, actually, 228 and a half is populated the board. 
Did you have anything here? Because I maybe this is my my what's the colors? Blue and orange tinted glasses. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like the I feel like we're still sleeping on Oklahoma City. Like just when I hear yep. some analysis, I hear like this like, ah, shucks, good for them kind of thing. And it's like, this is like a really talented team that I think needs to be taken a little bit more seriously. And what in the last two games has told you that Minnesota is going to take advantage of an opportunity and go get it? I, I am with you. Um, look, I think there I, I do think there's something to like we we got almost a perfect game out of the Thunder last time around. Or last time around, as far as what they needed to get done, can they kind of no, don't do it, Kelly? I, I think they're going to kind of need to repeat that tonight. Now, can they? Yeah, I think they can. I mean, I've got tickets for them to make the playoffs, so this is this. I'll just be riding those tonight. I think this is big. But same thing. This this would be dog or pass for me if I if I didn't have those playoff tickets. It would be Thunder or pass. I don't know. I don't really know. After what you saw out of Anthony Edwards last game, all this stuff that's going on with Gobert and everything, I think you saw some pretty poor coaching out of this team in that last game. I, oh, that I fourth know. quarter? Yeah. So it's, Kevin Pelton had that stat where it was like they did not take a shot like shorter than I think it was 22 feet in the final six minutes of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. That's that's atrocious, atrocious yep. coaching. At some point you're like screaming like, I can't scream because my child's sleeping. You know what I mean? Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. No, no, I, I hear you. I think that all those things combined, I don't know how you can have any confidence in this Minnesota team tonight. So I, if I didn't have a bet on this game, I don't know that I'd be, I don't know that I'd be betting Oklahoma City pregame, but it, I'd definitely be looking at them live. I think I'm in. We'll see. Go, okay. go Bear changes everything, okay. but uh, also I mean, he does. got this he, monster he ticket on the Oklahoma City Thunder to, to win the <laughs> That's NBA right, finals. man. Western, I mean? we gotta, Western Conference, 500 to 1, just ride that, baby. <laughs> Somebody, somebody asked me, "Is like, you know, hey, you, you get a hedge?" I'm like, I can't. Like, oh this, my god, we no- got we got to stop. For everybody who listens to this podcast regularly, I'm just gonna. This is like a two minute PSA. Oh, like the hedging questions are nonstop on Twitter, and, and like, yeah. I get it. I get that. I get a lot more of them for golf, but like, it's every sport. It's every sport, and, and it's. I'm not I'm not in the in one camp or the other JVT like I feel like you know we know a lot of people that are like no never hedge like what like there's nothing that's changed in the bet or or your breakdown why would you hedge like let it ride let it ride let it ride and we know a lot of people that do a lot of hedging it's one of those things that you have to figure out for yourself of what how you're going to do it and how much you're how much you're okay with losing out and possibly maximizing that initial ticket and how much you want to lock in profit but it's not really something that we can help with besides in a situation like you just brought up where you're talking about a 500 to one to you cannot hedge. It. There's nothing right. to hedge. Right. Like there's way too many rounds to get by that's, before you can start thinking about that. That's, that's for me the always, that's the biggest thing when it comes to the hedging, it's always asked at the wrong time. Like, how do I get off of this? It's like, well, sometimes you can't, you're not yeah, in a position yeah. to do it. You know, for, for example, for me, I had that Miami uh, basketball future at 45 to one to win the NCAA tournament. I never got anything out of it because there was never an opportunity for me that actually came up in that game that allowed me to hedge off of 45 to one. So you know what? I just lost it. So, and, and sometimes that just happens. Like that's yep. where I, people got to be okay with making these futures bets and longer odds. And like, sometimes they just don't get home. Like they, you're, it's 500 to one for a reason, right? At where, yes. you know, we, we bid 500 to one because there was 200 to ones out there. It was more of a numbers, but, but still it's 200 to one for a reason. Like we're, we're hoping to capture that light to get a bottle. We understand that. Uh, that thunder in a bottle. Thunder in a bottle. There you go. I catch that thunder in a bottle, baby. Uh, all right. Yeah. So heavily leaning there toward OKC. Haven't done anything in 
the Gobert injury and whether or not he's going to play is going to be something to monitor. And that'll change up the total. That'll change up the side. And um, we'll see. I am surprised. It did open four and a half, immediately went to five and a half. I am surprised. But the market doesn't seem to have a lot of respect for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, all right, really quickly, before we get to our like revamped playoff series and what we're going to look ahead to and make some predictions, I will give a little bit of news that we didn't really touch on last time out. I think this just came out yesterday, but Julius Randle still has not been cleared for contact yet. So he is a, a very true questionable for game one for that series against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And everything that I feel about that series rests on the shoulders of whether or not Julius Randle is going to be available and whether or not he's even going to be effective and healthy if he's available. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to end up laying it with the Cavs here for game one. Uh, Either that or, I don't know, I might money line parlay or something like that with the Sixers or something like that. Uh, like, I think this is going to be a tough, close series. I, I, I have the Cavs to win in six, Cavs to, Cavs to win in seven as bets in this series. I think it's going to go a long way, but absolutely. like That 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 injury is huge, and I think it's going to, it's going to, like that's going to be massive, a massive swing in the series of whenever he gets cleared to play. I think the other thing we got to keep in mind, too, is Brun- Brunson still kind of, I don't want to say he's hurt, but like he's been, you know, he's had to deal with, he's had to deal with stuff the past month or so that he's, he's kind of been working through. So I think if you're the Cavs, these first two games are so important for you to pick up wins in. Cause I think we've talked about it a fair amount, but these, this Knicks team, they're much deeper. You've got a better bench you can rely on. I think the longer that this, this series extends, it maybe starts to swing in the favor of the New York Knicks a bit, and I don't. That that's where I think the Cavs. You got you got to come in with the mindset that you get you need to take game one and game two. Um, and if Randall, whenever he gets back, whether it's whether it's for game one, whether it's for game two, whether it's for game three, whether it's not at all in this series, I think you have to have that mindset knowing that this team is going to be tougher and tougher to beat to beat in games later in the series. I agree. I think that's all spot on analysis, and I don't have anything else to add. Yeah, Thanks, I mean, you, you slightly lean the New York way, right? Like, you slightly yeah, lean the Knicks like, way. But I, this, I slightly, this, 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 Randall, this Randall injury has to affect your affect your decision with that, right? Oh, of course. Like, I haven't, I haven't bet anything in this series because I just don't feel I can. Like, yeah. Randall, Randall changes everything. He is, he is the matchup dynamic that changes a whole bunch. Uh, you know, as I've discussed on here and in the write-up, one of the things that really bothered Evan Mobley is the fact that he's just a dude who's a little bit bigger and stronger, can bully him a little bit, can make shots over him, and guess what? the Cavaliers were like, Ooh, all right, let's actually put Jared Allen on Julius Randle because we've got to be able to handle this matchup. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means Evan Mobley was defending the center in that game that I'm referring to. It's great. You can do that with Evan Mobley when it's Jericho Sims, but when it's Mitchell Robinson, who's awesome on the offensive glass, well, now all of a sudden you put yourself in a position where you're just going to give up second chance points to a Knicks team that was relying on second chance points. So Randle changes everything, man, just in terms of the matchups and what they want to do against him. And I would also stress, like, as we're talking about this, Kelly, I, like, I'm not sure about you, but one of the things that I've kind of been stressing and anybody would ask when I'm doing all these shows on the network and stuff is I, I get so much more, I don't know if you could tell, into matchups and X's and O's and looking at the way those things play out. Because in this postseason, when you're talking about a best of seven, those have so much more value to them. And like totally. monitoring what teams are doing on a game-to-game basis, changing their lineups, changing their rotations. You know, you go back to last year, for example – when the Timberwolves got off to that great start in that series against the Grizzlies, you want to know why? Because Steven Adams couldn't hang out on the court. And what happens? They took Steven Adams off. I think he played a grand total of like three minutes the rest of the series. Those are things that are important to really monitor as you go forward. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And I, I look, I think if you're just to kind of wrap things up with the Knicks Cavs, like I, I'm stressing the importance of those Cavs winning that game, game one and game two. Yeah. You're leaning towards the Knicks side. 
what I would be doing right now is fine. You just sit back and watch. Watch what's going on with Julius Randle with the injury status there. The Knicks drop game one or something like that, and Julius Randle's coming back. You're all of a sudden getting a better team at a much better price that you would have gotten before the series. So I think there's it's just one of those where we talk about betting, you know, betting philosophy and how much how much it's done pregame versus in games. The same thing is the same things apply with the series, right? Like you don't need to bet everything before the series starts. You can absolutely jump in. Things things are going to change. Like there are injuries that you need to monitor with some of these some of these series that are going to possibly have drastic implications on how it plays out. One more bit of news before we hit our break. The Dallas Mavericks have been fined $750,000 by the NBA for quote conduct detrimental to the league after an investigation into the franchise's decision to sit several key players for the April 7th loss that eliminated the team from playing contention. Um this is a great I love this headline. NBA fines Mavericks 750k for having quote failed our fans end quote. So I'm assuming the $750,000 fine coming for Detroit, San Antonio, and Portland are, they're going to be reported any minute now, right? So, okay. okay. I actually caught, I, I wish I could give, I, I wish I could give the proper credit for this because it was great conversation on, on Sirius XM NBA radio this afternoon. I caught for like five minutes while I was in the car. Um, and they were talking about Basically, exactly what you just said. Okay, like I think maybe the Pistons, the Rockets, the Spurs, man, whatever. But like, how is this that much? Of course, me and you, we hit on this when it happened. It basically came down live, uh, you know, during our show. Like, yeah, of course, we're discussing with what the Dallas Mavericks did, but like the Jazz and the Trailblazers, they were the, both sitting guys when they were technically in playoff contention. The Jazz. Like, the Jazz did exactly what the Mavericks did. They they were like three games out, and they were like they were like a half game out. They were like, dude, what are we doing? Exactly. We can't actually make it into this thing. So what? Uh, because because they started resting guys a week and a half earlier, like that makes it that much more like that much more okay. Like it's, I, it's, I, it's because the Mavericks were brazen about it. Like that's yes. I guess that's the only thing. But I think that rings hollow when you read their statement. Quote, the Mavericks demonstrated through actions in public statements to the organization's desire to lose games, uh, lose the game, that's the bowl game, in order to improve the chances of keeping its first round pick in the 2023 NBA draft. That's from the NBA statement. That rings hollow when the teams that we're talking about are doing just that. When the Trailblazers are doing just that. When all of these other squads are sitting guys with injuries that they can probably come back from because they want to do just that. And in something that we've ranted out before on this podcast, we won't get into again, but when you have all of these other issues, tanking, injury reports, clarity on player status, it rings really hollow to find not a drop in the bucket, but like what is the equivalent of like a $200 fine for me or you or anybody else to the Dallas Mavericks for this. You really want to make a statement? Take that first round pick if they get it. How about that? Or it goes to the Knicks. Like that's what you do. But I just I don't know. I think I think the punishment rings hollow. I wanted to mention it really quickly because it does tie into what we've talked about before. But I think it's dumb. No, like I'm with you, but I think it is like, again, just going back to some of those other teams. Where do you draw the line? I don't know where you draw the line. And am I am I thinking and speaking very differently about this now than I was a week ago? Yeah. I am because I, I think I think the instant reaction was was to instant backlash to what the Mavericks did, and I get it. But it is like it, it's a fair point with, to bring up some of these other teams that what. So w- w- when's the line? When did when did Dallas cross the line? Just because it was the final day, the final two games that we're talking about with them versus the final five games with Utah versus the final seven with Portland. Where's the line when it's okay to give up and wave the white flag on the season? Right. I think that is. I think it is something where 
like that needs to be defined if you're going to make a statement like that. Like, and I didn't even read it. Like, you, you're reading me the NBA statement. Like, man, I don't know if I'd be using words like that too when you've got so many guys that sit for rest reasons throughout the entirety don't, of the season. Like, come on, man. Like, don't what? like it's it's essentially the don't 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 urinate on me and tell me it's raining thing, right? Right, exactly. Because yes. don't don't you dare like don't dare invoke the fans and like you know do being a disservice to the fans when you have people that are paying for season tickets in Portland watching each of the last two years and what that team has been doing with tanking and signing terrible G League players so they can guarantee themselves losses so they can maximize their draft lottery odds. That's it. That's why it. That's why it is extremely dumb and insulting, frankly, yeah. to a lot of people yeah. who spend their money to sit there and find the Mavericks for what they did and don't say a word about what Portland did each of the last two seasons. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Yep, completely agree. All right, let's take our break. On the other side, let's get into our final series predictions as we are on the eve of the first round of the NBA playoffs. Get some more notes on some of these series as well. See if Kelly's changed his mind on anything and added any bets when we come back. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, back here on Hardwood Handicappers. We have series predictions to make. That's what we're going to do. We're just going to go through every series. We can be quick on some of them, you know. Just talk about, hey, man, I just think it's over in four. That's it. All right, we'll move on. And uh, get our some finals. Some of them aren't hard. <laughs> uh, no, some of them are not particularly hard or, or worth spending time on. So let's start. I want to first start with the the one eights because we don't know what they are as of today. So I'll phrase this question. Uh, I'll phrase it in this way: Which of the potential eight seeds would give the one seeds the biggest fight in each respective conference? Ooh, great question. Um, I think I want to say the Thunder against the Nuggets. I, I absolutely I think, think it's that's the, the Thunder case. against Again, the Nuggets. I yeah, might you, be jaded here, or I might be uh, biased in my analysis, but the way they run up and down the floor, that's going to give it's going to give Denver trouble, man. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 don't get me wrong. Nikola Jokic will have a massive series. There's absolutely yes. nobody that can defend him on the Oklahoma City side. But his rebound prop will be set at seventeen and a half every day. <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> and he might go over it every single time. Um, but yeah, I think it's all those other things that yes, they they are. I think you're talking about a talented Oklahoma City t- team especially the guard position, guard and forward position, a team that likes to get, as you've broken down so well in this podcast, a team that likes to get out and run versus one of the worst transition defenses. So, um, yeah, I, I guess it would be them. I, I think a lot of people would probably go heat because of what they've done with, to the Bucks in the right. past. But, like, again, I think we're thinking about the Miami Heat wrong if we're that saying three that years answer. Ago. Yeah, that's three, three years ago. And I, I think the Bucks take, I think the Bucks sweep either of these teams. Like yeah. I, I, I think it's a sweep against either of these teams. The Bucks have a penchant of sleepwalking through a game, 
and going in allowing a team that they should sweep to win one. Like they're the kings of yeah. winning in five. So maybe that's it. But I I find it hard to really pick a team that would like really push them to six in either Miami or Chicago. Yeah. I I don't I don't I don't see it at all. Like I I, I don't think it gets to six at all by any chance with either of those teams. All right. Western Conference, two seven. Los Angeles Lakers, Memphis Grizzlies. Who you got? Lakers in seven. Okay. I like it. That's right. Lakers. In seven, back in Memphis. They win it. Oh, I like it. I like it. I didn't think about that. I'll go Lakers in six. Wrap it up at the crypt. Huh? How about that? There you go. I, I those front court matchups, man. <laughs> I, it's it is a little nerve wracking to see. Like if jo- if Jaron Jackson Jr. does not get in foul trouble, but I just can't get over the matchup. Like I just not I me either, man. Too many me, things, man. Me either. It, it's the and we we hit on it a lot on Monday when we talked or, or Wednesday. I don't remember the days anymore. Um, but like I think that floor for the Lakers is just so much higher because of those matchups, right? Like it's just it puts so much pressure on Jared Jackson Jr. And look, this might be the series where, like, I, I've got a lot of respect for Jared Jackson Jr. This might be the series that I walk away from being like, man, this kid is a star. Like, you know, for what he did to the Lakers and LeBron at AD, this kid is a superstar in the making. There's a chance I walk away thinking that. Like, I, mm-hmm. GFD, I would not be surprised if this goes 4-2 Memphis or 4-2 LA. I wouldn't really be shocked. I think there's a lot of different range of outcomes here. Um, but I do, I, I just think there's that higher floor for the Lakers with what they, with those matchups in the front court. Yeah. I felt bad because when you guys had me on the uh, numbers game the other day, I went back and listened to it, as I always do. I always listen back to my spots. I'm like, wow, this guy's there you go. Um, well, because Gil presented it to me like, you know, this price is this short because it's the Lakers. And I was like, well, actually, <laughs> I, I hit him with that. I felt bad because I, <laughs> I felt Gil was like, no, well, no, I understand your point. I was like, I didn't mean to come off like that. But it's, yeah, it's I, been I, my I, favorite series to discuss, though, because like there's a lot of like NBA minds that I respect that are seem very bullish on one side or the other. Like there is, I haven't really heard a lot of guys be like, you know what? I think it's going to be a really tight series. I don't really know who wins this. Like I, there are people I know that are sold on the Lakers and people I know that are sold on the Grizzlies here. So I, maybe because of that, it's maybe the most fascinating first round matchup to me. Yep. All right. The three, what are we at? Three, six, the three, six golden state warriors, Sacramento Kings. Very interested to hear your thoughts. Your final prediction. Kings in seven. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah. light the beam in a game seven in Sacktown, huh? That'd be pretty That's right. good. That would be huge, right? <laughs> um, yes, I think I, I have Kings plus one and a half games uh as a as a as plus one and a half games in the series spread market. Yeah. Uh for this at plus money. Um this is another one. I don't think I'd be shocked at many outcomes here. I, I, I am a, I am a bit of a believer in the, like if, if you're a, if you're trying to back the Warriors here, I think you should have more concerns over what their defense has looked like than actually their road performance. Like I do a chalk a little bit up of yes. that up JVT to like, yeah, I'm a little bit in the camp of, I think they could flip a switch and be a slightly different team in the postseason. I think this Warriors team has played with each other and, and has won enough over the years that 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 is a little bit of a factor that nobody should be sleeping on. I also don't think that anybody should be sleeping on the incredible team that Sacramento was throughout the entirety of the season. And I don't know why we all expect them to turn around and look like, I don't know, a crappy NBA team again. There's no reason why you should think that's going to happen. Like, yes, they have holes on their defense. They're not going to be great there either. But that offense 
is so powerful, and they're going up against a team that is not proven this season that they could be a that they could be a top tier defensive team. I man, I I think this is going to be a fun series. I like the Kings' chances though. Yep, I will. Uh, I'll cop out and I'll do the usual where a series is too tight where you don't want to make a real prediction. I'll just pick one of the teams in seven. Uh, but I will. I'll go Golden State in seven. So okay. I will go opposite of that. I will say the team with road struggles gets to the ultimate spot of a team with road struggles and wins a road game seven because <laughs> okay, I, I do feel that they I think if it gets to that point I hate this argument but I think there is something to it where the experience of playing playoff basketball in a Absolutely. game seven setting does make a little bit of a difference so give me the Golden State Warriors the Gallatin State Warriors in seven well, and it, also that would be a great thing for me because I have this over the five and a half games for the total series and I have a Western Conference future on the Warriors that I would very much like to keep alive so. Yeah, there you go. I, I think the other part of that, I, I think that shows up in game seven, but probably maybe shows up in game one too. Like I really want to bet yeah. the Kings in game one, but I think there's something to the Kings haven't been here. In a, I mean, like Dude. nobody on this team has been here before. Like you could see, I, I you could see some overexcited players hitting the court and making some dumb mistakes, putting up bad shots where Golden State just knows, okay, this is the time of the season. We're always here. Like, let's go to work, right? And I think that that that's the only thing, JVT, keeping me off a game one bet on Sacramento is is that is that experience factor for Golden State and the lack of uh Sacramento's experience. Yeah, you could you could paint the picture in either way, right? You could say they're gonna be so amped up and ready to go, the energy's gonna be palpable, they're gonna come out and win this game one because they're gonna be they're gonna be hyped up, or they're gonna be tight as hell and you're gonna be freaked right. out by a game one setting and everything's gonna go to bleep. All right, for the uh, the sex, I say the sexiest matchup in the Western Conference, the four five. I will say before I hear your prediction here, I am surprised, Kelly. So there's two things. One, the market is starting to push back a little bit on this massive price for Phoenix. We're starting to see a lot of spots with series prices under five dollars. A couple of spots as short as minus four twenty in favor of the Phoenix Suns. So we're starting to see some of the market push back on the the bulk of that price, which I think is apt. But I am I am really surprised just listening to and watching so many smart NBA people, you know, kind of like you're talking about that I respect, just kind of just be like, yeah, Suns are rolling. Like I just uh, I, I yeah, can't I can't buy into such a short sample size of data against lesser opponents. But I, I'm just I'm really surprised about the overwhelming confidence that they're going to dog walk the Clippers. Yeah, this is uh, it's maybe an inter- an odd comparison, but I look at them a lot. I look a lot uh, the Suns a lot like the Cavs, right? Where it's like, okay, if those those frontline starters can have a huge series every single night. Yes, I think the Suns probably take care of business and this might be over in, in five, six games. But I don't have the confidence that that's going to happen. So right. uh, I, I played in over five and a half games in this series. Yep, I like that. I don't really know who's going to win. I, don't, I, I, I would lean Suns for sure, but I'm not, I am not completely ruling out the Clippers stealing. Okay, how about Clippers plus two and a half games? You can get it like a minus one twenty. Like that's that's yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a really a fair price to to play too for the LA Clippers. So, I mean, my I guess it, I'll say it. You know what? I'm going to call it here. Do it. Clippers in five. Yeah, in five. Hot damn! All right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Official prediction: Clippers in seven. Clippers in seven. All right. I'm going. I'm going. Suns in six. Okay. It's fair. But you're at least giving them more credit, and who knows what happens when Paul George comes back? Because that changes the the entire dynamic of the matchup. Totally. I mean, this is there are multiple injuries like that in this first round. It's like people have to like people. 
I, I feel like people are not giving enough, like enough or showing enough importance to what those injuries are and how they're going to affect these entire series. I mean, that one probably is, is much or more than anyone, I mean, any other injury that we've seen out there. It's not like the Clippers have a, uh, you know, two-time finals MVP on their team either. You know what I mean? It's got some, I don't know, postseason success in which he can just single-handedly carry a team to victory. Clippers have nothing like that on their roster. Uh, all right, 2-7. So this is where we get to a little bit more, I guess, of the minutia. I, so I was, so as I said when we talked about this on Wednesday, right, where I wanted to go in because I was kind of feeling the Hawks a little bit. And I just, I even wrote about this and phrased this in a certain way in the write-up, Kelly, which is more like, I came into this wanting to make a case for Atlanta but even when I try to build my case, it feels like I'm just kind of grasping at like the most weakest of hand points climbing a mountain. You know what yeah. I mean? Where it's like, like, so for example, the, the, the Celtics are a bottom tier team in terms of giving up shots uh, in mid range. Okay. They gave up, I think like the fourth or fifth most mid range shots of any team in the NBA. They also rank in the twenties in opponent shooting in mid range shots. That's by design. They're going to let yep. you shoot mid range, but yeah, Atlanta but wants you- to shoot. Huh? Yeah, we're not letting you get into the get to the rim, and if you like yep. shooting threes, we're going to take you off that line. Yeah, right. So it's by design. So like, is it a weakness or is it what they allow opponents to do? You know, Atlanta does like to shoot mid range shots. So if they're funneling them to the mid range area of the floor, Trey Young thrives there. You know, maybe they can have success there. But it just you're just you're it's really weak footholds that you're trying to face to, trying to use here for the Atlanta Hawks. So I think the way to do this, and I and I don't know if you did, if you played anything for game one. I did bet the first game over the total. Okay. If if I do think, because first off, you know how I like to do this. You know when they played back in March, that total was 238, and it was a 134-125 final. So okay. this total this total is eight points lower than that. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know yeah. why, you know what I mean, why you would make such an adjustment there. Um, but if, I, if, if, I, if there is some credence and if there's some weight to the thought of the Hawks are better than the market's giving them credit for, and they are improving under Quinn Snyder, which I think is actually factual, well, then they should be able to at least execute their offense, which, since Snyder has taken over, is the third best offense in non-garbage time. Thus, play this thing over. Because Boston, they're not stopping Boston, right? Their defense really isn't good enough to do it, but they should be able to get theirs on offense. Thus, play these games over the total until there's a real adjustment. Yeah, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I think this is a... It's an interesting matchup series to me because I I think that the the size of Atlanta can cause like specifically Clint Capella probably but like I, it just that I think that alone can cause Boston a little bit more problems than they're normally used to I think they're usually you know, normally used to having that size advantage right on you know down low can and I, I can that, I add something to your point real yeah, quick yeah. so it, I'm, I apologize for cutting you off but like yeah. this came in, in a little bit more of my research so like some of the changes that since Quinn Snyder's taken over. Their, their shots within four feet of the basket have gone up tremendously, like in terms of the frequency of shots at the rim for Atlanta. They've generally been a mid-range team, but they're taking more shots within four feet. And the other one, to your point, their offensive rebounding rate before Quinn Snyder got there was like just below 30. It's 36% with Quinn Snyder there. Like he's clearly emphasizing more action at the rim, whether it be getting there within four feet or crashing the offensive glass. And to build further on your point, what did we see in the play-in game? They obliterated Yep. Miami on the glass and specifically the offensive glass. So maybe that's something they could take advantage of. And that's kind of what I was talking about with some of these improvements under Snyder. Yeah. I th- I, so, so that's huge to me. Um, as you, you and I have talked about a lot on this pod this year, I look, I think Atlanta is just an underrated roster in general. So I think there's, I think there's automatically a little bit more value on, on them than the market, than the market's kind of giving them in my opinion. Um, 
I'm not doing anything with this from a series perspective. Yes, I still think Boston is too good. I still think I still think that is too big of yeah. a mountain for for Atlanta to climb and to get over. Um, do I do I think they might steal a couple games out of them off them though? Yeah, I do. Like I think this is Boston and six is what I'll say. Boston yeah. and six for this one. We'll be in agreement there. Boston and six for me as well. And that's why I was playing with maybe going over a total for the series or maybe a Hawks plus two and a half games. Haven't made any decisions yet, but for sure have bet over 230 and a half for game one. Yeah, I think there's, you know, like if that is, like I'll be very interested to see what these lines are game to game. Because like nine, nine and a half right now is. Seems high. It's high and it's almost getting me to make a bet, right? So like if if the Celtics go out and roll them by 20 in that game one, what are we adjusting it? Ten and a half or something? I'm all Probably. I'm in on Atlanta for game two if that's the case. You know right. what I mean? So I think that I, I I I'm expecting to be betting this series. It's just not, I don't think from a series bet bet side of it, I'm gonna have much. No drama in Philly and Brooklyn, right? No, I'm gonna use the same answer that everybody else has. Four four one uh Philadelphia, because I think Brooklyn does probably have one game where they shoot so lights out that they maybe that they steal nope. one from these guys, but 4-1, gentlemen sweep for 76ers. Yeah, I think that seems pretty fair. A high-rate shooting team probably has a really good night going back home. Um, steals one, Philly closes it back out on their home floor. It seems like that's going to be the case. And, and to reiterate those, for those who are listening to my angle coming into it, Joel Embiid assists over. The market has adjusted a little bit. It was 3.5 plus 115 when we talked when I first mentioned it for game one. It's now 3.5 even money to the over. So there has been a little bit of push, a little bit of uh, a buying in on Embiid potentially going over his assist props. Maybe something to look at as we move forward in the series because he's going to face a lot of doubles. But I'm in agreement, Philly in uh, five. Essentially. And I think I think we hit on this last time, but like I I would have like the 76ers are a much bigger favorite from a series side of things in my mind over the Nets than the Celtics are over the Hawks. Yeah, no, yeah, that was the point I was making like er- earlier, and on I Wednesday? said that. To yeah. Yep, yeah, and I said okay. that to Femi too, which is why I kind of was like trying to make the case for Atlanta because <laughs> right, like right. if you're saying what's more probable, Atlanta beating Boston or Brooklyn beating Philly, I would say it's Atlanta beating Boston, and it's Me not too. But yeah, that doesn't doesn't necessarily directly connect to a bet, right? Yes, like that's right, that's the problem. That yeah. is, I mean, we're talking about betting, so we might feel that way, but it doesn't necessarily directly connect to a bet. And and like theoretically, like so, like Femi asked me, he's like, so what would the series price be? Like minus six hundred? I go, no, no, no. I'm like, we're talking about like minus a thousand to minus eight fifty. Right, and, correct. And, yes. and percentage wise, that's like one point one percent. You know, right, I mean? right, like exactly. yeah. it's not that much. <laughs> but I just, I feel like that that price, like those two gaps are are different. And uh, yeah, we put it. Well, I agree. So I, I agree with agree. that. Uh, all right, and with the Julius Randall thing, I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but we didn't get a final result. So what do you think, Cleveland? Uh, and New York. I'll go first on this one, and I will say I agree with you. It actually stole a feather out of your hat. Uh, bet Cleveland in six, bet Cleveland in seven. That's what yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. So I don't Official prediction, Cavs in seven. <laughs> we'll take the safe cop-out one. <laughs> uh, I'll go Cavs in six. How about that? Okay. All right, there you go. All right. Yeah, seems pretty easy there. All right, buddy. Anything, uh, any game one bets, anything else that you want to give to the people before we get out of here? I, I'm, and I don't know about you, non-betting stuff. I am excited as hell, man. Like this Me is, yep. this grind has been quite the grind this year. Um, I don't know. It felt a little different this season. So now that we're kind of finally here at this moment where we get these games to tip off, you and I are both going to be together on Saturday. So we're going to have game. And that's the best part about it. Game started 10 a.m. Our time go all the way through the rest of the day. Uh, this is this is why I use the football cliche. This is why you lift all them weights. This is why you grind <laughs> right, through all man. those injury reports to get to these days, dude. I'm I'm stoked. No, I, as far as game, yeah, game one bets. What do you have? I will be betting the Cavs somehow. I just haven't figured that out. I might money line parlay. Like I'm looking at a Sixers Cavs money line parlay. I think I think that's what I'm going to end up doing. Um, 
But I think as far as, and then I'm going to wait and see how this Kings Golden State line moves. Cause like I said, I, 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 I've been battling with my, in my mind, how that game one uh, plays out. And I think Golden State, that experience could show up big in game one, but man, if the market keeps moving Golden State's way, yeah, JVT, like I, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to fire on the Kings. I'm gonna end up probably firing on the Kings and living with whatever the result is. I just think I think it's when you start seeing some Warriors minus one, and it's looking like it's moving in that direction. I mean, hey, there's there's no reason to be, to bet on it now. Like I will bet on it right before game time because I think the Warrior the money's going one way, and that's the Warriors' way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that that's pretty much all I'm looking at for at least game ones this weekend. Yeah, I think uh, so. Over in the Celtics Hawks series is a bet. Over on Joel Embiid assists is a bet, and that's all so far for these game ones uh, that okay. I've been playing. And I'll, I'll say this: we haven't really seen much movement. But to your point about that Boston Atlanta series, if it does get to ten, I'll, I'll take a nibble on the so, Atlanta Hawks. I was going to bring that up. You, like we're going to be on the air for basically the entirety yeah. of that game. That will be a great possible live betting game because it's. Whatever I was talking about, the adjustment for game two, fine. If they if they fall behind early in the first quarter and I can get over double digits on Atlanta live, yeah, I'll be in on that. I will likely be in on that. All right. Uh, now, starting officially next week, yes, because I did run into you know my jobs. Um, I'm supposed to do it this week. I apologize. But we know that Len Mead is listening. So, Len, shout out to you, man. Thanks for listening, buddy. <laughs> He's right. one of our big corporate uh overlords over there at vsin and we appreciate lynn for listening as with john goulet shout out to you guys this is a test do you actually listen i don't know maybe i'll get an email about this regardless uh make sure you check out everything we have to offer up on the website of vsin.com for the nba and nhl postseason as that thing's coming to an end the regular season that is and the nhl postseason is going to get started andy and danny have the nhl betting podcast plenty of write-ups up on the website as well and make sure you're always checking out our nba playoff hub that's where we're going to have everything. So once these 1-8 series are set, I'll do some quick write-ups on those. That'll be up on that webpage. And, of course, all the betting tools that we have up at vcin.com. So then we will talk to you on Monday when we start our five days a week because the NBA postseason is here. We'll talk yeah. to you then. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.